0: Welcome back to the Medical Alley Association podcast series from Challenge to Champion, where we're highlighting Medical Alley leaders who used personal challenges as fuel for action, ultimately leading to the creation of innovative new companies, care solutions, and new perspectives in their careers to help others experiencing similar struggles. Our guest today is co-founder and CEO of Stamonix Ping Ye. Ping, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you start off by introducing yourself to our listeners?
1: Hi, my name is Ping Ye. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Stemonics. And we are discovering new medicines through the convergence of human organoids and data science technologies.
0: When was Stemonics founded? And can you tell me a little bit about why you started it?
1: Well, it was a pretty interesting journey back in 2000. 2012, 2013. I wasn't feeling very well, and turned out um, I had a form of blood cancer, so Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it was a difficult time, and was diagnosed uh, with that. And I would say that it was difficult because I was actually resistant to chemotherapy um, Mm -hmm. that they had given. So I had done about eight rounds of chemotherapy, and then had to switch to an even more potent version of chemo and uh, that wasn't a lot of fun at all (laughs) Um, and it was through that experience of uh, having to go and do even more toxic forms of chemo that uh, made me wonder um, if there was a better way because the more toxic version was potentially even more dangerous for my heart so that's um, planted the seed of you know, is there a better way? Can we find medicines um, uh, while testing on human cells without risking the lives of the patient? Um, because at the time, it felt like I was the guinea pig, and and so from that experience, it was okay. Maybe my background in nanotechnology and and software and uh, material science and engineering and manufacturing could all come together to. Uh, make a difference in the life sciences. So I, I did a kind of a career pivot and founded the company in uh, early 2014. So it's been a few years uh, now.
0: So essentially you test treatments on cells to see how they'll respond?
1: Yeah. So our, our, our base technology, which is kind of the anti to uh, do work in this space, is based off of induced pluripotent stem cells. So the, that is a technology that won the Nobel Prize in 2012, and I was able to license that technology. And uh, essentially what we're able to do uh, with, that, um, with those capabilities are to take anyone's uh, biopsy, let's say blood or skin, and convert that into a special type of stem cells called induced pluripotent stem cells. And that's uh, what we then take to convert into... Uh, other organ cell types. So for us we're known for making uh, not just uh, brain cells but forming them into more complex uh, organoids uh, which are basically representative models of people's organ systems and and in our case we've simplified it down but made it also very consistent um, and uh, at, at high scale so that we can do drug discovery on them. So what we do is we make plates like um, this, filled with. I know we're on a podcast, but if you do show this, um, we we make uh, plates about the size of a large uh, smartphone, and in them are filled with um, nearly four hundred uh, little little hearts or brains um, or pancreas uh, in them, and so you can put different uh, potential future drugs. Uh, We call them compounds, but we can put the compounds at different dosages on each one of these little representative brains or or hearts.
0: Amazing. And so when you decided to take the leap and found Stemonics, was it nerve-wracking? And at what point did it become your full-time job?
1: If I go back in time, seems like a long time ago. I feel like (laughs) um, doing startup is you feel like you're, you're packing, well, you are packing a lot of hours in every day and every week. So it feels like a long time ago, but, um, also, um, back if I go back in 2014, it was a challenging decision for sure. Um, it was, you know, when you, when you go through, you know, a year long cancer treatment and, You go back to what feels like normal life because you're able to work again. Um, I was probably in my previous job for, I want to say, about half a year. I I just felt that my passion for the technology I worked on was um, not there. I just had this um, strong curiosity and passion for... Something in the life sciences, and it was a difficult decision because uh for you know a year I wasn't able about a year i think for not able to work and and to go back and you know rebuild you know finances and all of that it was it was a challenge um and and i I was successful in my previous you know career, if you will, and it was difficult to say okay, I'm switching. And uh, that's a lot of change, especially when you have a family. So wife and daughter and, uh, and it was it was a difficult decision to say, Hey, I'm gonna, or we're gonna go for it really as a family in this pretty totally different area of of science and biology, because back in 2014, it just the way we approach what we do at Stemonics really wasn't done. And, and even the companies that were trying to do it, there were less than a handful of companies. So it, it was a pretty big risk, I would say. So it was difficult.
0: So I know you don't come from a traditional background in this field. What have you learned about drug toxicity since starting Stemonics?
1: Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming from this from maybe a non-biology perspective, uh, I am an engineer by training. Um, I I do look at this through the lens of of being a patient, but I did, um, you know, one of my loves outside of engineering is neuroscience, um, which I guess many people (laughs) don't know, but neuroscience is something that I've enjoyed studied for decades now. So it it came in handy, I guess. It's kind of funny how it's come full circle. Uh, I think with regards to toxicity or safety and um, efficacy discovery i would say that what we've done is shined a light on something that really wasn't uh i wouldn't say done as well but really we the world wasn't really capable of looking at so i guess from my perspective when we look at toxicity we'll look at things like how the cell like cell death and different aspects of the health of cells. And yet what we learned was between healthy and dead cells um, is, or apoptosis as uh, you know, a lot of scientists like to say, there's a really big window, especially in uh, the brain, where we're able to shine a light on the functionality of the system. And, and so I think the ability to elucidate that, that, that area of understanding biology has been really amazing to be a part of. It's like having a front seat to biology and understanding, you know, what's trying, working to understand what's going on there Um, because we're able to have such functional, um, people like to call them mini brains. So, you know, we have such functional mini brains Uh, or our trademark microbrains that um, we're able to study how different compounds and their mechanisms of action affect the function of a neural network. And we're able to do it at scale um, in high throughput. And that's been really exciting to see. And then to recapitulate diseases in similar models. So, seeing how each disease has a fingerprint if you will its own pattern of behavior in the function that we're observing has been really exciting and being able to affect that in a positive way um, in terms of rescuing a functionality has been really exciting to see and then to in the end bring my background into play so the the engineering and the software and to build and 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 guide a team that has been able to converge the worlds of biology and software has been really exciting and a lot of fun actually
0: have you faced any challenges leading stemonics through covid19
1: i think everybody has got a story there i think we are are not alone uh as an essential business finding um, you know, new therapeutics and um, we've, we've done work in, in, in the viral area as well. So I, I think on multiple dimensions, it's been a challenge, uh, especially for uh, a fast growing small um, company. We, you know, operationally had to go into shifts as you can imagine, um, our revenue stream was hard hit because um, all of big pharma seemed to shut down all at once, and um, and I'm sure this has affected um, many who are listening to this podcast and 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 observe this in other industries too. Our, you know, a lot of pharma were affected. These are global conglomerates that had most likely. Um, employees that were affected by the virus so they had to shut down and a lot of labs shut down but what we did was we used this time uh doing a lot of video conferencing to plan for when uh, labs would reopen and companies would reopen so we 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 are now um i think uh reaping those those Benefits or the, the time we spent planning for the many months that I feel like um, our customers were, were shut down, but they were still uh, doing the video conferencing. So we, we, we continued to have those conversations on how we can better position ourselves when, when the doors um, reopen. And, and it's starting to, so we're, we're happy about that.
0: And lastly, I really wanted to ask you, because you are always such a great advocate for the Medical Alley community, can you tell me a little bit about what it has been like running a startup in Minnesota's Medical Alley and why was Medical Alley the right place for Stemonics to grow and thrive?
1: Yeah, I actually remember like it was yesterday when I went into the Medical Alley offices. It was, I think it was at the time in terms of number of employees, maybe like two (laughs) for Stamonix. I think we were an idea. And I remember going in and sitting down with um, the staff and and saying, this is what I want to try and do. And um, through the many um, introductions and insights that you shared about our community, you know, my co-founder and I were able to literally from the ground up build something that in six years is now becoming a, a paradigm shift for, um, you know, the biotech industry, which is crazy to say. Um, I think it's just along the way we just continued to get support from Medical Alley, whether it was from when we had two people to even surviving through the pandemic um, from really fighting for us um, in, in uh, working with uh, the state government, for example. You know, it was a very difficult time. We're getting insights on to help best reopen. Um, I mean, there's, that's, that's kind of the more recent but even just throughout, throughout the whole process of growing the company, um, Medical Alley has been, been there with us.
0: Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Medical Alley Association podcast series from Challenge to Champion. To make sure you don't miss a single episode, be sure to visit us at medicalalley.org, subscribe to our newsletter, and follow us on all of our social media channels.